How we doing, everybody? And welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast here on the Zen Sports Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Hebert alongside Jacob Schrader. And today we are lucky enough to be granted in the presence of one of the best Splinterlands content creators oh, oh. on the interwebs to date, Luke P2E with the krill down below. Luke, how we doing? I'm doing good. That was an excellent intro. I love that. Uh, best Splinterlands creator top. I don't know. That's that's pretty uh, That's pretty spicy take. I like it. I'll take it, though, and I'm glad to be here. I feel like I'm pretty famous if I can make the eSports Forever podcast, right? I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know I'm doing well in life if I'm on a podcast. I don't just take anybody, okay? <laughs> Jacob and I, it's a rigorous process. I reach out to somebody and I say, would you like to be on the podcast? And then, you know, it kind of goes from there. But yeah, uh, welcome. <laughs> uh, you know, we're we're not looking to be beaten down or eaten up by any whales today. No, we are a proud krill of a podcast. And one day we will be a whale of our own. But for now, Luke, for now, I love it. we're here to learn about you and uh, kind of learn about what you've been up to, what you've been creating. And so right off the bat, Luke, give us a little bit of background on who you are, what you've been up to, uh, let's let's start out with that. Yeah, I mean, fairly pretty average, regular old white guy from uh, America here, <laughs> born and raised in the Northwest. Everyone so. can stop listening now, I guess. That's yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. My voice just doesn't matter, so just don't even listen. <laughs> Whoa, uh, okay, but yeah, okay. no, I'm from the I'm from the Northwest, and so if you're familiar with the Portland area, that's where I'm. Uh, close to at least, and you know the the whole Portland area. It's keep Portland weird. So out here in the Northwest, we are weird. We're strange. I can't can't explain it. You just kind of have to come here and experience it if you've Luke, never been here. There, I was about to say there's this TikTok that's been going around where people uh-huh. pretend they're in it like a D and D bar, and they're like there's like a, a chanty thing going on. And so like what people have been doing. So at first people were joining along with their like D and D inspired characters, right. right? And then all of a sudden people started duetting these TikToks as like a regular person entering into specific places. So I can I'm picturing it right <laughs> now. It's like you know entering into like a Portland bar on like a typical. Friday evening. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of weird people with some weird oh, yeah. music in the background. You could dress up as your D&D character. No one would, it wouldn't phase anyone. They just think yeah. it's normal. Like They wouldn't even know what you're doing. What have I been doing with my life, Luke? I, I don't know. I guess you need to come out and hang out here in Portland. Jacob. Be weird Jacob, as you want. does Zen Sports offer me to, could they offer me a travel package to go out to Portland? You know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know about that. I don't know if Mark's going <laughs> to let that one slide. Yeah, it's that. it's just I don't know if Miami's going to. I don't think I can dress up as a wizard in Miami without being called names. So you know, it's it, it's a little different. But know. anyways, Luke, that's fantastic. Uh, it sounds like you're living the life up there. So besides what you're doing IRL as a Midwestern white guy, you're doing content creation right now. What inspires you to keep that going on a day to day basis? Because I always see you going every single day with your community. What inspires you to keep that going? I mean, it's really all about the money. <laughs> money makes Simple the world go round. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, going full time now, it's like I want, I do want to make something for my family. You know, my wife is uh, full time as well, so mm-hmm. luckily we can survive off of her paychecks. And you know, I'm trying to start this off as a business. You know, I've done content creation for for years now, about probably five or six years, and. You know, I've done it always as a hobby, as just this part-time thing. And, you know, now that I've left my job about uh, a month ago at the end of the year uh-huh. and trying it as a part-time business. So part of it is like, yeah, I, I want to be successful. I want to make something for my family. Um, but part of it as well is just I really want to help people out. You know, that's the whole point of this channel is the Krill Crew. You know, I want to help people that 
uh, maybe don't have much to offer for these play to earn games, much to invest, uh, whether that's because they're just in a, you know, impoverished nation or they have a lot of debt or whatever, you know, they're trying to start a business on the side. I've heard many, many stories, whatever the case may be. And I just want to make it easier for these people to jump into these games. It's a new crazy space out here in the play to earn world. And I just want to provide as much value to them in my community as I can. So that's, that's uh, really what keeps me going each and every day, streaming, making videos, trying to create the best value I can and, and helping out as many people as I can. That's probably the most authentic answer that I could get somebody when asking what <laughs> inspires you to do creation. So I, I really do love that. And I think that that ties into my my next topic here, which <laughs> is, uh, you know, it's a logo that you have on your YouTube channel. And I think you kind of go by this, but don't be whale food, play and earn. And then you've got this kind of like leveling up from a krill to mm -hmm. uh, so I can't remember what what's in the middle. Uh, uh, is it we call it a minnow. A minnow, and then uh, obviously a whale, a crypto whale. Um, where did this come from, and why is it the banner on your YouTube channel? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's come from. So I got into play to earn games, uh, pretty pretty at like the the peak of it, kind of at, you know that. May of last year and then Splinterlands in August. And as I was watching other content creators and YouTubers, just trying to familiarize myself with the space, I kept seeing, you know, YouTube video after YouTube viewers like, hey, this is this is the new NFT game. Uh, it's this little pixel, you know, dungeon art, uh, dungeon crawler game. And if you want to join in, uh, watch me buy into this game. It's only $2,000 to get started. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, who has two grand to just freaking put in this little pixel art dungeon? Not these game Midwestern white guys right. like me. No, no. Okay. <laughs> maybe you do. Maybe you do. I don't personally. I'm not putting my family's funds in that uh, <laughs> in that area when that game is most likely is going to be, you know, maybe out for a couple months and then people get bored with it. And yeah. so a lot of what I've seen on YouTube, a lot of what's been out there is these people that have already come from crypto rich They've already been flipping NFTs for years. They've, you know, they're, they're the gamers that have been in the crypto space for years. And so coming into the space as someone that is new into crypto, I don't have much to put in. Uh, I've, I've just kind of treated it as part investment and part my video game budget. So like, hey, my video game budget before was maybe I'd buy a $60 Nintendo Switch game or Xbox or Steam game for, you know, 60 bucks a month. And what if I do that instead? you know, 60 bucks or hundred bucks a month and put it into NFT gaming and just try to see what happens. So that's been my my theory behind it. That's been my heart behind it. And so I'm, I'm trying to help those people that have that same experience, whether it's maybe they're a conservative investor and they don't want to drop two grand into a pixel art game, even if they do have the money, or maybe it's just they don't have the money. And so that's, that's the idea of I want to help those krills and the idea is to not be whale food. So don't put your money into games that are scams. Don't put your money into games where you're going to get eaten up by the whales. You know, actually learn about the game, learn about investing, learn about how to play to earn in the best kind of ways so that, you know, one day we, we can maybe be a minnow or a whale. Maybe that's going to take five to 10 years because we don't have a bunch of money right now. But eventually, I think if we work hard enough, we're early enough into the space where we might see more whales be made out of this time. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think uh, some of the crypto games that came early were so unbelievably like simple and just obvious that they wouldn't scale. You know, I saw games where it was uh, an arm wrestling contest and there was just no, you know, active playing to it, you know, all simulation based. And there, there were so many of these games. Uh, and I really think there's like only a handful of, of blockchain games that are out right now and have, you know, reasonable gameplay elements to them. Um, it is, it is really truthful that, 
you know, when it really started, a lot of games made a lot of money just saying, oh, we had a game, you know, buy our NFTs. And then, you know, the game never turned into anything. Yeah. Well said. Well said by both of you. I, I, I think that um, you, buyer beware is, I think, the biggest thing that I've been learning when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, are you going to put your money somewhere? Okay. Where's it going to go? Especially in crypto. How's it going to get there safely? And, you know, is it legit or not? Nothing worse than a rug pull. We were talking earlier this week in our podcast about uh, this huge NFT project called Blockverse that garnered like huge viral attention and then complete rug pull. It was a Minecraft mm. Minecraft based project uh, with no official Minecraft backing. And oh, so, oh my gosh, you know, did you guys yeah. hear about my rug pull? No, I just started a project that in my in my latest video. It's it's going to be Bitcoin Buddies. They're going to be a little cute plushies. They're going to have some kind of gameplay element. I don't know what it is yet, but you can buy five NFTs for the nice price of 10 grand. Oh. And you get, you get a 10% earning bonus if you have all five. Wow. So wow. There you go. That, Bitcoin yeah, I, love you, I love how you market it as a rug pull. Yeah. You should, um, <laughs> you know, on top of that, you should offer like a gauntlet of pl- for the plushies to each go into, sort of like Infinity War style. Uh, no relation, you obviously. You don't want a copyright <laughs> on your hands, but uh, yeah. They look like similar, but not completely. You know, yeah, just enough. <laughs> so you kind of kind of went into this already. When did you first get into crypto? You know, crypto and NFTs in general. Yeah, I mean, I got into crypto March of 2021, so pretty almost coming up on a year, but still pretty early for me. Uh, my dad is the actually actually the one that got me into it. You know, he's calling up. He's he's one of those guys where he's he's very business minded, and mm-hmm. he's either. A hundred percent into something as an interest or zero. So he'll fluctuate from just this like super passionate about it for a few months and then forget about it and kind of move on. Uh, and that's just kind of who he is. And so crypto had to be was something that he was interested in. And I just thought, oh, this is just one of your interests that whatever, you know, you, you're going to play around with it for a little bit and then forget about it. And so I wasn't you know, fully into it. And then, he, you know, kind of started. You know, phone call after phone call, say, hey, check out this project, check out what they're doing with it. Because before I just thought, oh, it's just some, maybe not a scam, but whatever. It's just like this kind of silly thing that's just a trend for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, until I fully understood some of the technologies explained to me, some of the projects, what they're able to do, real world applications with it uh, through the blockchain technology. I was like, okay, there's some things that I can actually see that have value in this space. And so from there, no idea what I was doing, just reading different books, listening to podcasts, uh, you know, just trying to get familiar with it a little bit. I still feel like I have a long way to go in learning in this space, as probably most people do. But uh, yeah, my dad was the one that just kind of roped me in slowly over time. And from there, it just kind of took off for me. Made yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah you my dad is it. the exact same way with the, uh, the interests that peak and then, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fall away. I, uh, I hiked two weeks worth of the Appalachian trail with him, uh, <laughs> when I was in eighth grade, I believe it was actually, it was a ton of fun. It's not gaming related at all. Um, but That's I think awesome. dads are just generally like that. They, uh, they have it. their fashions and they, they move around a bit. It's true. I mean, whatever, whatever piques your interest in the moment and then you move on to something else, really. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's great. I had one question for you, Luke, um, mm-hmm. kind of ties back to, you know, you, using blockchain play to earn games as your gaming budget. And I thought that was awesome. Um, do you exclusively play blockchain games now? Are you, do you find that the ecosystem is too boring to only do that? Uh, just a, a thought I had. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm a gamer, so I love to game with anything. But for me, making content and doing it, you know, Monday through Friday, it kind of makes me, you know, the rest of the week being like, okay, maybe I should take a little bit of a break for gaming so I'm not just staring at my screens 24-7 because I just don't find that mentally healthy for me. So outside of it, there are games that I, I used to play a bunch, like League of Legends was my huge MOBA I'd come back to. Uh, I tried Valorant for a while. I really sucked at that, but it was still Same. fun. Same. Uh, you know, those types of games. And I just don't have the time for it anymore. The The one time I will game outside of content creation or streaming is if I'm spending time with my wife doing it. So we'll still play some Switch games. Like we'll we'll pass back and forth, you know, Breath of the Wild on the Switch. Uh, she's, she's more of the casual gamer. So, you know, Nintendo games, Minecraft, things like that. She's not going to be jumping into Fortnite with me, <laughs> you know, trying to shoot people up. That's not her thing. So we'll, we'll play more casual games together. Gotcha. Maybe some Fall Guys. Yeah, uh, I haven't. We haven't tried. We don't have two PCs going uh, yet, but maybe we could try that. Not a bad idea. It's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, so I've you know I've scratched the surface here, Luke. You know we we've started to dig a little bit, but the ice has yet to crack. Okay, <laughs> Re- let's really let's really break it and uh, deep dive into some. Oh man, I grew up on don't questions. break the ice. That, oh. That's kind of a trigger for me. Yeah. Oh, geez. Those. The, <laughs> mm, yep. I hear you. I hear you. Well, 90s kid. Uh, yep. Well, we'll try our best. We'll try our best here. So when you're not, I know, bear with me. When you're not <laughs> I'm, I'm here. creating I'm content as a full-time content creator, which means you breathe, sleep, you do not eat, you only consume what the video media gives you. What else are you doing besides being full-time in content creation? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Oh man, I love I love how you phrase that. You, I mean, you should just be a full time podcast creator. I love this. This is great. Uh, but I, I think for me, it's only been a month, so I'm honestly still, you know, experimenting. What does life look like? How do I create boundaries with, you know, what is my work life versus just my normal life going right now? Luke, uh, but some things. Oh yeah, go ahead. If I might say, yeah. why are we downplaying the fact that it's now been a month? Into yeah. full-time content creation. Why Why are you downplaying that? I mean, it's it's great. It's, I'm just saying I haven't had much experience living this full-time content creation life, so I'm still trying to get used to it. I'm still well, trying to figure out to, in what my, it I see like. right here, you look healthy. You're all smiles, okay? So but so far right now, you look good to me. Looks like you're, you're somehow getting by. I believe. I believe. Sorry. I know. I cut you off. What are you doing oh, good. besides you're the good. full-time content creation? Yeah, I mean, my my hobbies go-to besides gaming would be music creation. So I love playing guitar, making some songs. Uh, haven't been in a band for a while since COVID. You know, that kind of killed a lot of things. Uh, but we used to be, my wife and I, she would sing and I'd play guitar and we'd just do some cover stuff for fun. And so that's that's one of the main ones. I love just being outside as well. It's kind of a bummer in the Northwest for the winter. That's uh, not a great time to be outside. But in the summer, we like doing hikes and backpacking, camping, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out with friends or our church community, doing, you know, food and dinners together, uh, hanging out, going to the movies. I mean, again, pretty, uh, pretty average, typical, typical stuff. You You're going to make me cry. Crazy. Okay. I <laughs> love make this. You cry. Okay. You're going to make me cry. Okay. You're over here. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to break the ice. You're just like unloading all this sweet, emotional, r- romantic <laughs> stuff on me. And I'm just like, I'm here to just do some esports, man. Like, come okay. on. Well, okay. My <sighs> wife and I, we fight sometimes too. Does that balance it out? No. It's not no. all. It's Luke, not all don't romantic. ruin it, Luke. 
don't ruin it. Okay. Anyways, that's great. That's really sweet to hear, Luke. I, I love I love to see that. Love to hear that. It's really important to have a great work life balance, even in full time content creation. I've got a few friends who do it. And um, you know, it's it's just so important to have your time on screen, have your time off screen. And obviously the winter time up north, especially, no matter where you are around the country, it's not always the best to get outside. So when those summer months come along and the Northwest is not on fire, I, I trust that you're safe and you go out there and have some Correct. fun. Um, but yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, we kind of already talked about this already. Favorite games besides the one you were playing. So listen, I'm a big league fan right now myself. I got to know which mm-hmm. lane you were playing when you were playing league oh, before. Gosh. I mean, top was the one that I went for for a long time. And then me and some friends were playing clash. I kind of lost. Yeah. Uh, the competitive edge because it just takes so long to play games. You know, back in the day when I was working part time, maybe I could do three to five games, and then eventually it was you know two maybe most. So at that point, we're, we're trying to play like tournaments and clash just for fun. Yeah. I would just fill whatever they need at that point. So a lot of mostly support and top, uh, maybe a little bit of ADC here and there. And you know, I wanna I wanna bring this back right now actually, and maybe Jacob can get in on this too. Um, the one thing I love about Splinterlands is that you have the ability. I know this is kind of coming out of left field, but it just kind of pinged in my mind when you said how long Mm -hmm. a game takes, right? You have the ability in a game of Splinterlands to skip through all of the graphics and just have the end result like that. Is Mm -hmm. that a big turn on for you when you're playing Splinterlands? Do you like to see what's happening while the game is going on? Or sometimes you say to myself, you know what? I'm going to put the best combo I think I can put together, and I'm just going to spam through five of these (laughs) and just go through all the graphics. Yeah, I actually don't skip many matches because I actually like the the battles and seeing, especially when Splinterlands, there's, you know, the dodge or miss mechanics. So it's actually interesting because sometimes it comes down to like, oh, if I would have hit here, I would have actually won. And now yeah. I got this miss and I win or lose based off of that. So I actually find it pretty entertaining to watch. So I'm I'm one of those people that actually enjoy the game. I would play it even if it wasn't for play to earn. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, I wouldn't have found it if it wasn't for the play to earn mechanic and the NFT things because it wasn't a game that I would normally have chose. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would be more used to a card game like a Hearthstone, like Magic the Gathering, very turn-based. You're playing through your deck for 20 to 30 minutes and Splinterlands more of just being an auto-battler, set it up and go. That wasn't something that I was as used to. So I was like, uh... That actually kept me from trying it in the first place, which was a bummer because I would have gotten to the game earlier and probably got a better value out of my purchases back before it exploded. But when I started playing it, and that was one of the things that I did actually love back to your original question was the fact that, you know, you can play a couple matches. I could be on a work break, have 10 minutes and, hey, I'm just going to play three matches real quick because I, you know, have nothing else to do. So might as well pop on. And that's that's one of the things I find really unique about it is that you can just play some quick matches. You don't have to sit down for an you know half hour, an hour, and you can really you know it's one of the best play to earn games on my phone that I can find. So it's just yeah. I can play anytime, really convenient, and I enjoy it. Listen, so you sorry, no, go for it, Jacob. Well, I was I was you know interested because you said you'd actually play the game if it wasn't play to earn. Um, and I, I think that's really rare for people in the play to earn space. Um, you know, most people are playing these games to earn, uh, and as soon, you know, we're seeing a lot of it right now, as soon as there's a downturn in the economy, they just back off. There's so much hate and toxicity. I've been following Axie Twitter recently. Um, 
it's it's interesting to, to, to hear you say you'd play it regardless. Um, but I think, it, and it kind of goes to, you know, if you're giving some, doing something for free and then you try to charge for it, uh, it's, it's hard. And I think you see a little bit of that with blockchain gaming, right? There's kind of an expectation that you're going to make money from this. Um, and then when you don't, it kind of makes the game less fun. Um, I think it's just an interesting thing that blockchain gaming is going to have to combat in the future. Yeah, I think part of it is because it's just such an immature market still. And I think two to three years down the road, I think there's going to be almost two categories that we need to split up for play to earn. And one is more, I'm playing this game as more of an investment. And that's where I think card games especially fit that market a little bit more because you're buying trading cards, flipping them, things like that. Versus, you know, you think of World of Warcraft, you could just play that game for fun and then a secondary aspect to that is if you wanted to sell some, off some of your gold or you wanted to sell off your legendary sword as an NFT because you're not using it anymore, cool, that's a great bonus. But you know, I could just play the game regardless because I enjoy the game and anything I earn is a bonus. So I think there's going to be two different, one, two different types of categories and two di- different types of players once we can actually mature some of these games a bit more. Yeah, I think cards bode themselves incredibly well for NFT gaming right? It's kind of a simple economy. There's not, you know, you don't have to attach swords, power-ups, certain ammo types to any NFT or or characters in the game. I think there's a reason we're seeing card games be the the early uh, successful play to earn games. I know Splinterlands, I know Gods Unchained, um, but it'll be interesting to see what, you know, fills that criteria you were saying and kind of takes it to the next level. Yeah. Hopefully this uh, this year next is my uh, fingers crossed. We'll have at least you know maybe five more good games at least to to really play around with. That's yeah. the hope. That's the hope, and I I, I definitely think there are going to be more coming out here. Um, and you know, kind of tailgating that into our uh, next topic here. You know, when it comes to content creation, right now I see a lot of your time spent on YouTube.com which mm-hmm. is a great platform for you know having all of your saved videos as well as also live streaming as well. Do you prefer YouTube over Twitch, Theta.TV, Facebook Live? And why is that, if, if, if you have a reason? Yeah, I mean, YouTube is just the most familiar platform that I've used and you know just has one of the, if not the largest audience. Maybe you can compare it to Facebook just because of how many Facebook users there are. But I think more people still come to YouTube to watch videos. Uh, honestly, as a platform and a content creator, I have some pains with it just as the you know fact that they take 30% cuts from memberships and super chats and uh, gosh, I think ad revenue, maybe even 60%, something like yeah, that. Yeah, rough. So I, I would love a block cho- uh, blockchain platform like a Theta or something like that to actually do well and one day be a little bit more fairer to content creators and be a little more decentralized and have some governance from the content creators. Cause right now we're just, it's us versus the, uh, you know, the big whales up at Google or, you know, at Facebook, whatever it is. And and it's hard to really have much influence or power or voice into these content platforms. So YouTube is just like, this is the thing that works now, but I hope one day some other platform could, could be, a little bit better than than we what we experience on YouTube right now. The biggest thing that I find content creators are looking for is discoverability. You know, in order for mm-hmm. you to grow and to keep growth happening, you need a platform that's going to provide you the best discoverability. And between Theta, Twitch, and Facebook, compared to YouTube, 
Um, you know, by no means is YouTube a platform where people are just going to find you out of nowhere, but it's way more likely that you're going to find people on YouTube.com than you are on any of the other platforms. Facebook mm-hmm. Live Gaming is impossible to navigate through on the <laughs> phone and on Facebook.com. So don't yeah. even get me started about trying to stream to Facebook Live all the time. Some people prefer it overseas. It's a great platform for international viewers. So that's where its market and audience is because Facebook is everywhere. That's the goal of Facebook. It's to be everywhere. But within the United States, YouTube and Twitch, they dominate. Theta TV, they're trying to do what they're doing. Jacob, you're more familiar with Theta TV. I mean, what's your opinion on discoverability there? Can someone just look up Splinterlands super easily and see you guys streaming Splinterlands? I mean... Is it as so, good or better than Twitch? So, I mean, Theta has less users. Um, one cool thing that they do is that they uh, basically make you apply for an account and have to be approved beforehand. Um, so, you know, I love being on Theta. I love the, the community here. It's awesome to, to see people chatting. You know, Zetron is always here. It's, it's good to see you back specifically. Um, I think Theta is, is great from a technological standpoint. Basically, the goal of Theta is to diffuse bandwidth from viewers to, uh, you know, benefit just, just the overall bandwidth. Uh, you know, basically watching a stream, you, you, borrow, you, you let, the, let Theta borrow a portion of your bandwidth. Uh, and in return, they reward you with T-Fuel, which is a cryptocurrency. Uh, I think it's awesome. You know, just going back to what you said about Facebook, you know, I agree completely. That site is so jumbled. You know, so many things to do on there, but unless you're like an, a, a daily active user of Facebook, like there is like, it's just so complicated. Everything is like so jumbled together. Um, I do understand it's it's crazy popular overseas and we're actually just starting to, to stream there as well. But, you know, I actually, I mentioned in an article I wrote maybe a year ago that I just don't see Facebook being a major competitive competitor in the streaming industry because it's it's doing, trying to do so many things you know, it, it, it's not really a gaming focused site. And another big thing is, you know, a lot of time gamers, they go by aliases, right? That's why we're mm-hmm. seeing a huge rise in PFP NFTs, right? I don't think gamers want to stream from their Facebook account, right? Your Facebook account, you know, it used to be kind of an official signifier of you, right? Way back when, you know, I haven't used Facebook in ages, mm-hmm. but it just, the, the general kind of sentiment that Facebook gives is honesty. And I, I just don't think gaming and, and using PFPs and everyone has their own avatar and gamer tag. I don't think it bodes well to Facebook at all. Yeah, I completely agree. It just, it doesn't fit well. And, you know, I think with every platform at the end of the day, um, YouTube and Twitch have kind of become the victors right now because all these different platforms have tried to sign content creators from other platforms to theirs specifically. And after a year or two, their contract gets up and, they're like, yeah, this isn't really working anymore. And the content creator is like, well, okay, uh, give me my few million dollars or more, and I'm just going right. to go back to Twitch and get what I was get, you know, getting before. Like, look at Ninja, right? Signs exclusive deal to get off of Twitch, going on a Mixer, which now doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, with I was going to say. Right? He left Twitch, came back, and he started with only four to 10,000 viewers on average. This was like a month or two ago where he was coming back. He was doing it more regularly. Now, Ninja's streaming Fortnite again because he knows what gets the views. He's now at 24, 25K plus viewers per stream because he knows exactly what his audience wants to see. 
Does he love that? Probably not. I mean, there's a reason why he went to be a variety streamer and play some other games besides so much Fortnite. But if that's what's bringing in the money and that's what, you know, if that's how you want to make a living as a full-time content creator, sometimes that's the bullet you have to bite to be able to do uh, what you're doing and what you love. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's honestly one of the definite struggles I have as a content creator is as you grow, you kind of get locked into a little niche. And then if you want to break out of that, you almost get punished by the algorithms and things like that because your viewers aren't showing up as much. So even for me, I would love to, with the play to earn channel, I would love to find at least one or two other games. Splinter Lane still be my main one, but it's one, as we've talked about, there isn't that many great games that people are appealing uh, that are like interesting to them. And then secondly, if they're coming just for the Splinter Lane content, then when they see another game, they're like, ah, this is just not for me. I'm out. Luke, that ties really well into the next thing here, which is, Going forward, right, you're almost at 5,000 subs on YouTube. You've been Mm -hmm. streaming consistently, making videos, this and that, and everything in between. You're doing all this work for and with Splinterlands, right? At what point do you feel like maybe you're going to move on to bigger and better blockchain games as they come along? If they come along, do you Mm -hmm. see yourself still having a devotion to Splinterlands, let's say, in the next five years if more more games come out, other card games and other things like that. Um, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of variables in that, I know. It's a loaded mm-hmm. question. But what are you yeah. thinking? I mean, one of the reasons I'm in Splinterlands now is because it's the best blockchain game completely. Uh, you know, if you want to compare certain things, gameplay to other games, stuff like that. But as far as the complete package, gameplay, economy, the blockchain, all that, transaction fees being so low, I think it's the best complete game right now. And because they're so far ahead, I... Th- my theory is that this is company is actually going to last for that three to five year mark because I mean, they're, they're already big. They have a lot of funds. They've hired up to, I think they're at like 90 employees now. Uh-huh. So Splinterlands as is right now in this moment is the best game, but I think they need to keep working on it, add new things, maybe even add new games. They've talked about that. So as a company, I think Splinterlands will, will survive because they got in early. They're one of the biggest, what it looks like in five years. I don't think will look like what it looks now. But I think I'll still be playing it because it will be uh, still, I think, leading in the space. I think there will be a couple games that can take it down for sure in the next three to five years, just based on the fact that it's a card game. And, you know, even the what is the top card game, uh, you know, is probably Hearthstone right now. Still is not going to be anywhere near the amount of players for a MOBA, for a shooter, for a yeah. uh, MMO. So there's going to be a couple games like that just based on the type of genre that I think is going to take down Splinterlands unless they make that their own game type of genre. So I think uh, my goal is Splinterlands definitely to be one that I keep going with for the next few years. But as I said earlier, I would love to just find one or two other games, uh, mostly just one for my own sake. I think just playing one game and streaming it over and over and over for three to five years. <laughs> I think, you know, as we talked about, it's probably going to lose its edge a little bit. Takes its, its toll, Luke. Takes yeah. its toll on the yeah. soul. So, yeah. I would love to find, you know, keep Splinterlands as my card game. Maybe find that MOBA that comes out because, I, you know, I think MOBAs are really fun. And I think that makes a lot of sense for NFT and to make their currency a crypto. And then either maybe a MOBA. I don't know if I want to get back into MOBAs because they are very tilting. <laughs> but if not, maybe an RPG or, or yeah. a shooter and just kind of bounce around from three games, uh, especially because people don't need, you know, 40 hours of Splinterlands content. The average person's maybe watching uh, at most a couple hours a week 
Well, well, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. If I'm going to be consuming a full-time content creator's worth of content, okay, that is 40 hours a week of Splinterlands content, Luke. <laughs> That's what, exactly what it is, okay? Live, breathe, and die yeah. by yeah. the Splinterlands, okay? Yeah. That's- Ryan, I expect you this week to watch 40 hours worth of content. I don't even put out 40 hours of content, but go go ahead. That's what rewatching <laughs> videos is for, over and over and over again. If you but, watch at two times speed, it'll be twenty hours. So <laughs> there you go. You're right. You're right. What? How? You're so clever, Luke. You really are. <laughs> well, listen. We've broken the ice. We've shattered it. We've gone below the surface. We're deep diving into the bowels and grimy depths of esports and Splinterlands altogether. Follow me here on this journey of where I'm about to take you with this next question. Uh, are you I'm ready? ready? Buckle I'm up, ready. Jacob. Always are you ready. buckled? I am buckled. Okay, here we go, folks. So, let's go back in time. Okay, we're going to go back. We're going to go back. Back to the 80s, the 90s, even the 70s, okay? We're going to arcades. We're playing games. We're putting in quarters. Arcade, pinball machines. Bing, 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 bing. Great. Awesome. Fast forward. 90s, 2000s. Still have the roller arcades. For some reason, someone said that you need to get exercise. Go to a roller rink as well. Okay, fine. Great. I'll do that. Ding, 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 ding as well. Fine. Horrible, crappy arcades, whatever. Boom! Video games hit the scene. Consoles start hitting homes in the 80s, 90s, whatever, right? Come to the 2000s. Portable consoles are coming out, and games are, what, $20, $20, $30 a pop. Okay, cool. Maybe a little bit less than that. And then Xbox comes out. It's like, boom, baby! We got the box. We got the box. PlayStation goes, yeah, well, we got the PlayStation. (laughs) Get with that, Okay. Games are coming out $40, $50, $60 a disc. And then they start adding more discs for more storage and bigger games and stuff like that. So we fast forward through the 2000s, come to the 2010s. I'm still buying games for $60, legendary editions for twice that. And then this is where they got me, Luke. I'm sorry. (laughs) I forgive you. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's a PG-13, just one. Just one. We see the release of the one and only Fortnite, okay? I couldn't have seen this coming in a Fortnite, seriously. Fortnite drops on the scene completely free. Battle Royale, it was coming. Hunger Games was out there. We knew it was fun. We knew it was popular. People like that genre. Why not make it a game playable so that you can personally experience that type of game? So, Ryan, where does this all come to? Because you guys are just, you've been buckled up. I've been swinging left, right, up and down, all around. At the end of the day, the games have now gone from costing something to completely free to play with microtransactions. And so where I'm going now is, is the future in the next decade at least going to see uh, the skip from paid games to free games with microtransactions to you can buy either aspects of a game instead of microtransactions to have them for you to earn and then to sell or flip sort of like what people do with skins and CSGO and stuff like that. Um, But more official, more governed, not as decentralized or, you know, off the market, black market selling of, of skins and items, right? Do we see microtransactions go away and see an increase in blockchain use with NFT ownership in bigger titles, bigger games. Fortnite 2 hits the scene, and all of a sudden, 
there are only 500 of a certain pickaxe that get released to the millions of players that are playing. And then you get to decide when and where you want to try and sell said pickaxe on the market for Fortnite 2 instead of everyone being able to buy it for a few dollars with whatever currency they're using in-game. Jacob, this is to you too, for the both of you. Do you yeah. see games progressing towards having NFT ownership as a mainstream thing? You know, it's it's interesting. I saw an article, I can't recall exactly who it was from, um, but they said in, in five years, the majority of games are actually going to be paying you to play, right? These games are such kind of, you know, social networks and they're mediums for uh, connection and communication that just the, the game and the, the community it creates is so valuable. Uh, there, there's more revenue opportunity just, you know, fostering that community than there is just charging upfront sales. Um, you know, I, I, I really was moved by Fortnite and what it did for gaming. Uh, that's kind of what, you know, spurned my start of just taking esports as a career path in college. Uh, Fortnite came out. I told all my friends, you got to download this game now. I started writing articles about it on the internet. Uh, I actually made Fortnite power rankings for a while. Um, but, you know, I think not it, it, maybe NFTs because, you know, we're all fans of that here. But, you know, games are going to become more about the, the community and the, the player base and monetizing that rather than, you know, upfront sales. That's kind of how I see it. Well said. Luke, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Ryan, can you repeat the question and the whole backstory again? <laughs> you know, I'm exhausted. Okay. I'm exhausted. This is what I do for the people. <laughs> it was but, just so impressive. I but, just wanted to hear it again. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Luke, is this the best path for a project in the future? For it to truly be accessible to a new audience, especially audiences that are becoming more educated or better educated on NFTs and crypto in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of hope moving forward for the play to earn space. I think, as you said, education is such a big hurdle for us. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but researching different games and making those top five lists and often I'll go into YouTube just to watch to see if they have some trailer or gameplay footage. And some of these, I can't believe the responses of people are so negative on NFTs, play to earn games. Uh -huh. Uh, a lot of people just think it's a complete scam or a waste of time, and they just don't want anything to do with it. So I think we have the hurdle of, you know, I think a lot of the people that play these games are still the ones that are familiar with crypto. And how do we bring in those new people? And I think it's, we we often complicate it too much, this space, when it can be super simple to explain. Hey, an NFT just means you own something digitally. Like, to a player that doesn't understand crypto, that's all you need to say. You know, <laughs> blockchain is just a part of helping you own that NFT and just a way to tell who owns what. I mean, you can just explain it in just super simple terms. You don't need to go full-blown, get these people into crypto, but they need to understand why this is important. And you can... I think we can just compare it to games that we already see on the market. Like we're talking about Fortnite. It's pretty easy. Hey, make that battle pass an NFT, just like Blankos is doing. You could get those battle pass rewards. It's an NFT. You don't need to print, 
you know, and mint a bunch of things, you know, like as you're saying, you don't have to say, hey, there's only 500 pickaxes, uh, come buy them. You can say, hey, you can earn them from the battle pass. And then however, you know, many people earn them, that's the amount of those skins permanently. No more will ever be created, just like Blinkist yeah. is doing. So Fortnite could easily do that. V-Bucks. Hey, if you want to buy V-Bucks for, uh, from us or, hey, if you want to resell your V-Bucks because you're not using them or you're earning them from the Battle Pass and you're not using them to buy other things, do that. So you could really even just turn Fortnite easily, that's an example, into an NFT play to earn game. You wouldn't have to really change anything about it. Just put it on the blockchain. And I think explaining that to people and realizing, hey, those Battle Pass rewards that you're getting, you're actually going to own that. And if you want to sell off the V-Bucks because you're not using it, you can make those games or you can make those gains. And... Those things of microtransactions, I think really what they become for the game company, how they make money instead of just selling a bunch of microtransactions, is that they take those marketplace fees. Like Splinterlands, you know, you're, you're paying 5% every time you sell off something. So instead of making a microtransaction to buy something from the company, they're just raking in, you know, five, whatever percent they want to put on these transactions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how some of these games can still make a ton of money and the players still benefit from owning these things and selling them off. So I, I think it makes... A ton of sense, but I know there's a lot of fear because, again, this this market is just so immature. There are a ton of scams, so that's what people see the most because that's what gets the headlines often. Luke, yeah, oh I, yeah, I Jacob, just go for sorry, it. I just want to say one thing. I think the marginal revenue model, right? It incentivizes the publisher also to keep investing in their game, keep developing the storyline, keep updating it, right? Because if you're just kind of you know in an NFT drop, all the sales are upfront, right? But with a marginal play to earn model. Uh, it, it's about the longevity of the game, right? Every day you want to see as much people trading, as much people engaged as possible. So I think it's a win-win for the industry as a whole. Yeah. Luke, my final question for today. Mm -hmm. I know it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> it's It's been something, really a trial. I'm impressed. You've gotten through it, Luke, and we can't wait to have <sighs> you back in the future. I'm here sweating. I'm, I'm sweating a little it's, bit. It's but... the plan. For, for people out there, <laughs> including me, um, I go to splinterlands.com. I look at that site and I go, this is really cool. I make a wallet. I spend the $10. How do I better understand the process of purchasing packs off of splinterlands? Because, you know, when I was first, when I was first hired onto the job now, it's been about three, three, four weeks here, mm -hmm. uh, at, uh, at Zen sports. And you know, yeah, I forgot. Give me, give me some crap, okay? Mark, it's been three weeks. Mark, I was gonna say, Mark, if you're listening or watching, I forgot. Okay, anyways, at, um, at least you didn't. At least you didn't say it as two words. I bet people say Zen sports, and I'm like, come on, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that much of a forgetful. Whatever. Um, how like this process to me seems complicated. Honest, I'm gonna be honest with you. Mm -hmm. You know, and. The reason why it was so complicated to me was because when I was on there, they were doing like the the like the pre-buy, like you have to you can pre-buy packs and get extra packs before the public sale of packs. And so I was like, oh cool. So I'll just get these. And I was like, no wait, you need to also like get get this as well to also be able to get these packs. And so I was like, I just want to buy packs, man. Like I want to go buy Pokemon <laughs> packs the same that I want to go buy Chaos Legion packs. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. You know, so what what's up with this process? Do you agree with me that this process is a little it's not, oh, it's not yeah. the easiest thing to just pick up? I mean, my, any game that I mean, that's, again, education on why NFTs and blockchain is important for gaming, but also how the heck to use them. And that's 
Spoilerlands, Axie, whatever game you want to talk about, it is often super complex. To, I mean, you have to figure out a whole blockchain system and transactions and how to get money into crypto. Just getting money into crypto is one of the scariest things if you've never done it before because you have to buy it from an exchange, yep. transfer it to a wallet. You don't know if it's actually going to show up or not. You know, you know, I just I had so much anxiety transferring that first time, you know, something into my MetaMask. I'm like, crap, is this actually going to work? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what if I just transfer and I lose this 200 bucks and you know there's a fee to it why is there a fee to it? you know there's just so many things that can complicate these spaces and I think they need to do a better job of making them easier and easier Splinterlands honestly is still one of the easiest because you can just buy credits with PayPal yeah if you can get verified so at least they have that leg up on some other games good uh, some other games have that as well but uh, Splinterlands makes that easier the the voucher system on buying packs for the pre-sale was definitely more complicated because you couldn't buy vouchers straight from them you had to go buy it from other players meaning you had to have money in crypto and essentially go purchase it from a liquidity pool or another player again super complicated if you're not into crypto so there there definitely needs to be and i think splinterlands uh, has that goal of introducing new people into blockchain that don't know but they need to do a better job straight up from the web page or like link a tutorial right away. You know, I, I make so many tutorials of just like trying to get people educated in this game. And, you know, I feel like as a content creator, that shouldn't just be my job. Hopefully the company is doing that as yeah. well. And I think they're going to continue to improve on that now that they've hired more people. I think they can make those updates a little bit easier, hopefully going forward. Well, you know, that's really all we got time for today, Luke, but I really, really thank you for your time. Jacob, you yeah. as well. Any final points you want to wrap up with? Uh, any final words for the viewers out there? I mean, I enjoyed today. Thank you guys for having me on. Much pleasure. Uh, go join the Zen Sports Discord, of course, guys. Uh, all those giveaways coming. I'm hanging out there. Oh, Yip, yeah. yip, hooray. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited for... As much as I harp on play to earn games in the current state, I do believe long term it's going to be an amazing ride for all of us who are in it now. And if, as we say, if we're just not that whale food, maybe we'll be whales ourselves one day. Maybe we're early enough and we will get there ourselves. Let's let's do it together, y'all. Well said. Well said, Luke. Well, for everyone watching this video today, thank you for coming here. Be sure to subscribe. If you did like this video, go join the Discord and join our active community because we've got a lot of fun stuff coming. And uh, you you should be ready because it's it's going to be fantastic. Zip, zip, hooray. We out.